This is the Don't Punt Hour on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here is your host, DeMornay Pearson Out. All right, welcome back into the Don't Punt Hour. I am Harrison Arns on the ones and twos. You got the host as always, DeMornay Pearsonell, DPE, on the Allo VIP line as always, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with a local heart. And again, if you guys ever want to join the show, 402-464-5685. We do got Drumstick shouting out, Don't Punt to DPE, all-time favorite punt returner at Nebraska. Shout out Drumstick for chiming in here and feel free to do so for anyone else who wants to. But... With that being said, let's talk a little bit of Husker football here. In some recent news, uh, Huskers continue to build depth with the trenches. They got a transfer. Offensive lineman Micah Mezcua announces his transfer to Nebraska. He started every single game from Florida. He will be a fifth-year senior. This will be his last year at eligibility. But you're getting a veteran starter. Um, Again, he started every single game for Florida outside of week four. He had to sit that one out. But nonetheless, you're going to get a guy with a ton of experience coming from Florida, uh, played softball. What's your thoughts on that, adding more depth to this Nebraska offensive line through the portal? I like him. He was a guy who uh, squared up with the dude from Tennessee. So I don't have no problem with that at all. Uh, I like the aggressiveness. Uh, You got to be a different type of somebody to square up with somebody. Uh, and football pants. Uh, um, <laughs> he didn't think about it. He he, he rushed to a teammate, you know, aid. So uh, he, he's a he's a he's a team player. He's for the team. I, I don't got no problem with him. He's coming out of the you know the SEC. Um, I, I I think anytime you can add you know a veteran guy to a young uh, a young group, uh, you, they can be taught a lot. They can be you know um, ask a whole lot of questions that they might not be comfortable with exactly with asking the coaches. Um, I, I think, I think you benefit a whole lot with adding, you know, somebody who's played the position for three, four years on this level and can pass down some knowledge to help out, you know, uh, a younger, uh, the, the younger group. Yeah. And again, that's, I'm right there with you. I think the experience is a real key part there. And he, he was, very effective as a starter. You know, he was rated pretty highly well out there in Florida. Hard to pick too many times or he was slipping up too much. So a good addition there. You got a veteran player on that interior uh, right guard position. And, you know, who knows if they decided to move him around a little bit. But let's go through some of these other guys here that we're getting through the portal. We haven't really talked about it too much yet here on the Don't Pun Hour. But Dante Dowdell, four-star, another four-star. We're getting out of here for Nebraska. Uh, he transfers out of Oregon. I know Oregon fans were really sad to see him go four-star back with a ton of speed. What are you seeing and Dante Dowdell and what do you think his impact can be on Nebraska? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm open. Uh, I, li- I like to pick up, um, as you said, he's, he's a fast guy. Um, I think he would do well in the offense. You got, uh, you know, um, the four string guy coming back, which he will, it's only just him. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, I'm anxious to see, you know, how he looks like in spring ball. Um, I mean, I like his film a lot. I mean, I was impressed with him. Uh, the, the, the things that he brings uh, to the table, him catching out of the backfield and whatnot. And, you know, Oregon, you know, they, they get the, they get their those those guys the balls in different um, type of situations and, and different types of places and everything like that. So, um, it's always good to, you know, have a – uh, an older running back who's again played a little bit, um, who's seen a couple of things and everything like that that can help, you know, a young running back room and also, you know, kind of take 
the heat off the quarterback um, as well. So, I mean, he's, he's another outlet. You just you can swing him out. You can uh, put him on angle routes. Or you can line him up, you know, out wide, have him coming on, you know, unders or slants, and, you know, he can catch the ball and, and do something with the ball. So I'm very excited about him. Yep, he is a great receiving back. You got that right. I think that'll be really great. Just any time you, you have a young quarterback in there, um, to have a reliable release valve, which I think we saw in Emmett Johnson what he can be. And now you got to got another guy in Dante Daldell where if you got to rotate both of those guys in at any point in time where if they got to be a release valve, whether it's schemed to be that play or they just got to get rid of it and dump it off to the back, you trust both of those guys uh, to do pretty well in those positions. We also got Isaiah uh, Nayor. He is transferring from Texas, a three-star in Bly Hill, another three-star. He's transferring uh, from SFU at cornerback position. Out of those two guys, you know, with the wide receiver room, I think Isaiah Nior is going to be the more exciting one because I think that's a room we really need help. Um, Three-star, he is projecting up, though. A lot of people are excited about him from Texas. What are you seeing out of the wide receiver transferring from Texas to Nebraska? Uh, what, what, year, what year is he in? in uh, uh, let me double-check here. I, I think he might have a couple years left of eligibility. Let me double-check for you um, real quick here. He is set to okay excuse me while the screen's freezing on he's, me he's, he's, he's kind of a, he's, he's, he's kind of a, a speedster right so yes. i think uh he does well with complimenting the room um even even with you know some of the young guys coming in that uh you know that can grow into that probably you know field receiver spot um you can kind of just you know from day one kind of toss him out there and know um he's established and kind of can and can, can stand on his own uh, he'll be another reliable target. Um, he's an older, he's an, a little bit older than them, but still, you know, he can still grow with, uh, you know, the, the younger receiver core in there. Um, and not just, you know, only looking to, you know, the coach who is solely just, you know, playing quarterback. And this is kind of, you know, he's a bit inexperienced of, you know, understanding some of the things from a wide receiver to a quarterback perspective. He, of course, he will have the quarterback receiver uh, perspective, but, you know, the young guys can pick uh, on, you know, uh, an, uh, an older guy. Yep, and to, he is um, a senior, so he is going to have that experience 100%. Yeah, so they, they can pick his mind to, and ask him, you know, how would how, how, how do you see things like this or how do you see press or if it's off or, you know, if you're coming out of the huddle with understanding, you know, how do you recognize, you know, coverage is better or understand what a guy's trying to do to you. I mean, it, it, it's simple traits, um, you know, to the game where he can he can pass along. Yep, and he's going to be some, I, in my opinion, some much-needed depth in that wide receiver room. Not that I don't like the guys that are in there, but we just need some older guys in there. Um, add to more depth. We always talk about it. You want to be the Michigans, the Alabamas, the Georgias. It's depth on top of depth on top of depth. You can't just have some five and four stars. You got to have some guys underneath that. Even if they weren't five or four stars coming out of high school, you better develop them. Uh, it's pretty damn near close. So I think it's great to get some more added depth there. And while we're talking about depth, we didn't mention it, but you look at the Nebraska basketball rosters too. It's only K-State, Tomanaga, and Josiah Alec, the seniors on the team. So you're reloading pretty much that entire roster for next season. I think a lot of people thought Rink Mass, this was like his kind of final six-year senior type deal. No, he'll be back for another year as well. But as we're going on with this Husker football note, let's keep it in college football. Nick Saban retiring. Just crazy news um, right off the bat there. he That, it, that might be some of the most shocking 
information that I that I've seen as far as with you know coaching high with you know coaching coaching changes in college football and in the pros. Uh, the two surprises were one being him, and then the other one, you know, uh, Rabel, Rabel, um, yeah, the Titans head coach, him getting fired. Um, I I didn't like that. Yeah. I thought Vrabel was a great coach. I thought he did everything he possibly could with the roster he was handed. I, I, I don't – coaches like that don't come along uh, very often that can, you know, change, you know, the culture mm-hmm. of what the Titans was. He, he made, you know, the Titans back relevant. Uh, I felt like they were a tough physical team. You, you they, they gave, you know, the Chiefs a headache right along with Baltimore. Um, those were only, you know – a few teams that could really, you know, get us out of licks on, um, you know, the Super Bowl, Kansas City Chiefs. But I'm, I'm shocked. I, I don't. Saban's resume speaks for itself, and I don't know if he's kind of doing, you know, what, what Urban did, what all taking some time and and gonna come try and come back or go to the NFL. I don't. I I, I don't know. I, there's there's nothing left for him to do more than obviously, you know, maybe win a Super Bowl. Yeah, but I mean, he's had time in the NFL already. I didn't expect that. No, I I think he's just done. I think he's 72 years old. He's had experience in the NFL. Um, You know, I like you said, what what else is there to add to your resume? You're going to go down as one of the greatest coaches of all time uh, in college football history. It is surprising. He was smart to kind of drop the news at 4 p.m. He could avoid the morning shows. But of course, these take a weeknight shows. um, We're going to definitely talk about it. But with Nick Saban retiring, it's pretty much confirmed now. AP News, multiple outlets got that tweeted out um, or written in an article in some form or fashion. Where does Nick? Where do you see this Alabama program? If you just had to take a stab at it, do you think they figure this thing out with their next hire? Do you think they get to keep it inside? Uh, maybe Nick or Nick Saban already kind of has a guy he's been posturing that he's kind of known this for a while. How confident are you to Alabama to kind of? land this jump moving on from Nick Saban or Nick Saban moving on from them would probably be the better choice of words there. But what's your confidence level in Alabama being able to keep their relevancy, say, flash forward three, four years? I'm not as scared of them. or I'm not. They don't make me as nervous mm-hmm. uh, as they did with Saban. Uh, for sure, you know, they have, you know, as of right now, you know, some of the same coaches and you can kind of build off of that. Um, you can replicate, but you can't duplicate. Um, I don't know who you get to fill that role. <laughs> and regardless, even if, you know, Saban was, you know, grooming a guy and I mean, you still, you still have to, you still have to go out there and show that you are still the same Alabama, even without, even without Saban. I don't know what they look like without Saban. Uh, he expected, you know, um, a type of excellence, you know, a type of dedication, um, a type of will. You, you knew what you were getting. You knew if you go there and everything like that, you know, if you put the time and work and everything like that and, and take care of business, you know, you'll be playing on Sundays one day. Um, and even before that, you know, walking off, you know, out of that camp is a better person. I like Nick. I don't have anything bad to say about him. But uh, as of right now, it, I'm not sure. You don't know if, you know, a lot of those players that are there will hop in the transfer portal after something like that, or did they know? Um, so that you, you kind of have to wait until, you know, a coach get announced and then kind of see what they're doing. Uh, 
uh, for their spring game, but I, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. They're not the same, uh, you know, and, and until they go out there and prove it and show that, you know, they are still Alabama and they can be Alabama without Nick Saban attached to it. Um, I'm not, I'm not really too worried about, you know, what they have, uh, there and everything like that with people, with the, with the thing, with the people and, and the coaches and the players coming back, I, they don't scare me. Yeah. I mean, it's just his impact was immediate since day one, you know, year one at Toledo, he takes that team to a nine and two record. Michigan state was probably his toughest tenure, five years, um, 34, 24 LSU. 48-16 Alabama, 206 wins, 29 losses. Just an incredible record. And you just look at his last few years, and again, this is the scary part. It's what do you do to replace greatness here at Nebraska? We know it all too well how it can go south for you. But just 2023, yes, I understand. They lose the Rose Bowl. 2022, they win the Sugar Bowl. 2021, they win the college football championship. Or excuse me, they lose it, but they win the Cotton Bowl to make it. Uh, 2020, they win it all. 2019, they win the Citrus Bowl. 2018, they lose in the championship. 17, they win it all. Uh, it's just championship or nothing. It's, it's pretty much with the standards for Alabama. I mean, you just go down the list and it's Sugar Bowl, Rolls Bowl, and college football national championship games. That's what the shoes you need to fill at Alabama. And a market that's more competitive than ever with NIL. I, I do wonder at 72 years old if that's adding to the reason why he's kind of just being done with it. I mean, and to be a college football coach now, that's why you get paid millions of dollars. But with this new NIL era, you're recruiting around the clock. You're recruiting your own guys um, after they signed. So I, I'm kind of assuming that's probably where you look at his record, everything he's done. I don't really know how much higher you could possibly go unless you want to try to rattle off the next few national championships. But he's just done so much. The, the game's changed in his tenure while he's started coaching. To what he's coaching now, the landscape is just completely different. I think he could adjust, but as you were saying before, what left is there for him to prove? Um, just one of the greatest coaches of all time in the college football game. It's, it's going to be sad to see him go. You know, Even if you're not a Crimson Tide fan, you can't deny Alabama. It's just an incredibly impressive team to watch year in, I, year not, out. I'm not sure you know who. I mean, of course, Georgia, I, I feel like, is the obvious. Yeah, uh, office coaching tree. <laughs> uh, of the new heavyweight, and they've kind of been like that for the last past two or three years. But coming out of their side, the other side, who is who? Who, who, who takes the crown now? Is that uh, Ole Miss, uh, or you wait to see what you know uh, Mississippi State might do? Uh, I don't know what that looks like. Uh, Even Texas or Oklahoma side. when they hop in there, see if they can kind of try to become that new team. <laughs> Texas, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay but, with, that, with that. I don't need him to be great. But it, it, it's, it, it's definitely one-sided. I think Georgia will definitely take off for the next four years to where I don't, I don't think anybody down there will really be able to touch them. Yep, and to me, it's going to be Georgia. Um, if Jim Harbaugh decides to stay, uh, those are, I understand not in the SEC, but another powerhouse team, but. Like you said, it's going to be interesting. These are tough landings. And when you're going on from greatness to get that next hire, we're kind of seeing it in Ohio State. Ryan Day, he's not a bad coach, but that's how high the bar was. The bar was you never, ever lose to Michigan. Um, even though they're a good team, you don't lose to them. 
And Ryan Day, he's taken quite a few losses to Michigan already, and it's starting to show. So this is the tough part. When you're moving on from greatness, the margin of error for that new coach is super thin. And when it is super thin, you tend to fire coaches quicker um, with less hesitation, and that's how Nebraska happened. If you're being honest, that's kind of what happened. We we changed it up. It wasn't what we wanted. We had higher expectations because that margin of error was so thin. We go on a litany of firing, hiring, firing, hiring until we get to where we're at today with Matt Rule. And we still haven't made a bowl game since 2016. Not that I'm against Matt Rule, but that's kind of the slippery slope when it comes to moving on from greatness. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to Bill Belichick. That hasn't been decided yet. There's a few Man, other NFL I, coaches. What happened? What happened out in uh, Seattle, that, that yep. one kind of shocked me too. I want to talk about that one next because that's exactly where I was going. As we're talking about these great coaches, it's been a wild start to the year of 2024, at least in the sports world um, and really across all media if you're paying attention at all. It's been a nuts for 2024 start. But with that being said, we'll go ahead and throw it to break. We'll talk about some more coaches leaving the scene on the next segment. This is the Don't Punt Hour. We've got Demorne Pearson now on the Alo VIP line. I'm Harrison Arns at the 1040 Ticket Studios. Don't go anywhere.